This will surprise no one who listens to this show, but America is single. It's divorced, undercommitted, and hopelessly out of touch with how to build a relationship that lasts. Women in particular are groomed for a life centered on career and on being fiercely independent, as though marriage and family were a nice idea or a possible accompaniment to an otherwise satisfying life. But if flying solo is so great, why are online dating sites a billion-dollar industry, replete with clients looking to get hitched? In my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched, which is available now for pre-order, women get a much-needed detox from the cultural narratives they've absorbed about men, sex, love, marriage, work, and family. Modern women don't need any more help in the professional sphere. They have that in spades. What they don't have is guidance in love and life. How to Get Hitched is not about finding a husband per se, but about how to map out a life that works in every sphere, including marriage and children. It offers women a new roadmap with specific countercultural guidelines that will help them be successful in this domain. How to Get Hitched is the antidote women need to reject the lies they've been fed by our culture. It's about what you really want versus what you've been told you should want and about what is true of men in marriage versus what you've been told is true. Get ready. This book will rock your world. Just go to howtogethitched.net and you'll find all the information you need there. Again, that's howtogethitched.net. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. At the end of the day, people live one of two lives, an examined life or an unexamined life. An unexamined life is when you move through the years living mindlessly not really thinking about what you're doing or why you're doing it, or even if you like doing it. You're just doing it, whatever it is, because that's what other people are doing. Because that's what you think you're supposed to do. Or because, quite frankly, it's easier. Living an unexamined life means living a life someone else designed for you. The examined life is different. The examined life is when you tune out the voices, sounds, and visuals in your midst and make important decisions based on what you want and on what you believe is right. More than anything, it means dismissing cultural trends that conflict with your core beliefs. This is extremely hard to do, of course, which is why most people don't do it. But if you want to live an authentic life, it must be done. As Gordon MacDonald wrote in Ordering Your Private World, Quote, few of us can fully appreciate the terrible conspiracy of noise there is about us. Noise that denies us the silence and solitude we need for this cultivation of the inner garden. End quote. Unfortunately, most of this noise today comes in the form of media. Early, earlier generations were fortunate in that they lived primarily with their own thoughts and with the thoughts of friends and family. We do not. Instead, the conspiracy of noise we endure 24-7 clouds our vision and impairs our judgment. 
pulling us away from our own beliefs and desires. The only way to live an examined life is to avoid the chatter in your midst, which includes any media that sends a message that's counterproductive to your goal. And if your goal is to get married and stay married, that means there's a hell of a lot of media you're going to have to ignore. There's more. Once you remove the negative cultural messages, and I realize you can't do this entirely unless you take up residence with the Amish, to ensure you don't get sucked back in, you'll need to spend time with people who think the way you do and carve out some space from those who don't. That will be especially hard. But if you want to make smart choices for your future, you have no choice. Who you surround yourself with matters. I cannot stress enough the power of trends. Some are benign, like big hair in the 1980s, but some, like promiscuity, are not. Either way, the trend becomes absorbed into the culture to such a degree that people feel compelled to jump on board, even if they'd rather not. Like I said, it's just easier and more comfortable to go along with the crowd. That isn't always a bad thing, to go along with the crowd, but it can be. Depends what the crowd is doing. When it comes to making smart life decisions, particularly big ones, it is essential that you surround yourself with positive influences. The more you surround yourself with people or messages that support your goal, the more successful you will be in your mission. For example, suppose you wanted to lose a bunch of weight and had, an, and had a choice between doors you could open to help you accomplish your goal. Behind the first door is a room full of obese people, and behind the second door is a room full of strong, healthy, fit people. Which door would you want to open? It's a no-brainer, right? If you're serious about losing weight, you need to be around people who can help you get there. The same is true with marriage. To drive this point home, let's assume you weren't born when you were. Let's say you were born in the 1940s instead, when divorce was uncommon, and when there was no such thing as the internet. In this case, the influences in your life would be mainly friends and family. They're the people you'd see and hear from the most. Now, let's also assume that your parents were one of the few couples you knew who happened to be divorced. How might your beliefs about marriage be different? You might be skeptical, given your parents' divorce except presumably the rest of your family members, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, would be married, as would your neighbors, thus providing you with a different model from the one you had at home. And since cable and on-demand television, or the internet, wouldn't exist, you wouldn't be walloped every day with headlines and slogans that tell you this woman's getting a divorce or that woman's becoming a single mother by choice. Nor would you be exposed to programs like Sex in the City that promote casual sex, materialism, and a you-go-girl attitude. Instead, most of what you would see would be families that consist of married parents and their children. The environment in which we're raised is critical to our ability to make smart choices. People are heavily influenced by what they see and hear around them. Whatever support and camaraderie we experience will significantly affect, for better or for worse, the decisions we make. But alas, you were not born in the 1940s. In the world you know, sex and divorce are rampant. Marriage is on the decline, and mass media is everywhere you look. That means you're privy to what everyone else is doing, or what it looks like everyone else is doing. And the perception is that women everywhere are living carefree lives devoid of any responsibility, other than their jobs, of course, and even those are touted as glamorous rather than laborious. 
This perception makes the average woman feel insecure about the kind of life she wants to build for herself. All of a sudden, getting married and having babies seems so backward. And the worst part is that the lives of the women that we see in the media aren't even real. It's all an illusion. You can't see the day-to-day reality of their lives, which is far from glamorous. Which means everyday women are making very real decisions about their very real lives based on something they absorb as real but isn't. As a consumer of media, you're not supposed to be a passive observer when you watch those romantic comedies or read about the lives of Hollywood stars. You're not supposed to watch the Lady Gagas of the world or the women on The View or even the folks on Food Network. You're supposed to identify with them. This wouldn't be a problem if the women in the media represented or even touted the values most Americans share, but they don't. Most of the high-profile women we hear from on a regular basis are single, divorced, or hardcore working mothers with well-paid nannies. And these women, along with their colleagues, are responsible for framing the cultural debate. Here are just a few headlines of the past few years. Who needs marriage? The end of men. For women, is home really so sweet? Is it time to retire the word wife? Do you hate your husband? Stay-at-home moms more depressed than working moms, study finds. Headlines like these are commonplace. They are the norm. And by the way, can you even imagine a headline that read, Do you hate your wife? The double standard is shocking. But if you'd been born in an earlier era, it would never even occur to you to think along these lines. You wouldn't be resentful toward men, nor would you assume marriage is suffocating. Instead, the messages you'd receive from society, despite your parents' example, would be positive, helpful. They would be pro-marriage and pro-family. You just happen to have been born at a time when fractured families are the rule, not the exception. Almost everyone you know has either been divorced or has been affected by divorce. Moreover, your source of support and camaraderie is no longer family and community. It's media. Strangers. Women with whom you have nothing in common. Which brings us to the million-dollar question. How are you going to block out this terrible conspiracy of noise? Are you going to live intentionally or mindlessly? As I see it, you have two options. You can absorb the messages and make decisions based on what the prevailing culture tells you is the thing to do and thus live an unexamined life. Or you can tune out what you see and hear around you and go with your gut. Because if you regularly absorb pop culture, and by that I mean mainstream news media, television sitcoms and dramas, women's magazines and Hollywood films, your views on men and marriage are being heavily influenced by all the wrong people. Your friends will deny this vociferously. Oh, I watch and read that stuff, they'll say, but it doesn't affect me. I'm sure they believe that, but it's naive. Here's an idea. Try turning off mainstream television for a week and watch black and white films instead. Or better yet, read a romance novel from the early 20th century. Afterward, see if the way you look at love isn't different. I'd be shocked if it isn't. The folks who produce the material that gets delivered to your doorstep every day, via television, magazines, and the internet, depend on your absorbing their messages. These folks are in business because women like you consume the material they create. Lest you think I'm exaggerating, former editor of Ladies Home Journal, Myrna Blythe, exposed these folks in Spin Sisters. Quote, Spin Sisters are members of the female media elite. 
a girls club of editors, producers, and print and television journalists with similar attitudes and opinions who influence the way millions of American women think and feel about their lives, their world, and themselves. End quote. That was the former editor at Ladies Home Journal. And what are the Spin Sisters selling? The absurd notion that American women are unduly burdened, that they have the cards stacked against them, and that they're ultimately better off without men. In other words, modern women's views on men and marriage have been filtered through a feminist lens, rather than through the lens of everyday Americans who have your best interests at heart. The women in the media may know a lot about reading a teleprompter, but their personal lives are a mess. They are the last people on earth who should be dispensing advice about marriage and motherhood. Now, I wish I could say that's all there is to it. Unfortunately, even if you steer clear of pop culture, many of your friends will not, which means they'll have a different take than you will on how things should be. As a result, your friends may try to steer you in a direction you don't want to go. That's why trends are so powerful. Even if you reject them, they affect you indirectly via your friends. And rejecting your friends, or at least their advice and opinions, is significantly harder than rejecting the media. To say trends are powerful isn't enough. They're wicked. We humans suffer constant turmoil over what we believe is the right thing to do versus what we know is the popular thing to do. It begins when we're young and it never lets up. Adults are just as bad as kids. I know plenty of adults who compare themselves to their neighbors incessantly, not necessarily because they want to be better, but because they want to fit in. They want to belong, even at the expense of doing what's best for themselves and their families. Do not let this be your fate. Stop caring right now, today, about what other people think and do, whether it's the women in the media or the woman next door. If you want to make choices commensurate with what you want, as opposed to what other people say you should want, you have to do this. Deep down, most women want to get married and have a family. They're just afraid to admit it. They think the desire to be a wife and mother means being less than what a woman can or should be. As writer-producer Danny Klein Modisette admitted in an article entitled, My Kids Stole My Ambition, being employed was how she, quote, justified her existence, end quote. Miss Modisette is not alone. Many, many women feel this way, and it makes perfect sense given the environment in which they were raised. You've been taught to value money and prestige over love and family. Reject this message. Instead, listen to your gut. Live an examined life. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life, said the late Steve Jobs. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. Have the courage to follow your heart and tuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in the Facebook search bar, The Suzanne Venker Show. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.